How's everyone doing today? Good. I love, love this guy's energy right here. He's always got so much energy. And I'm supposed to be the young one, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you guys don't mind, please stand. And would someone like to praise God for who he is or something that he's done? All right, I'm going to read Psalms 86. Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me. Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call on you. Hear my prayer. Listen, Lord, listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you. Lord, they will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord, my God. With all my heart, I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love towards me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people trying to kill me. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are compassionate and gracious. God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Let's go ahead and say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the glory, power, and praise. Amen. Oh, 
Christ conquered the grave. So take me as you find me, all my fears and failures. Fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I
So now is the time in the service for communion. When you went in or whenever you came in, you should have received a little packet, a communion packet. And there is a little disc in there, which is uh, a little, like it looks like a cracker, but it's unleavened bread and there's juice in there. And the juice is Jesus's blood shed for you. And that bread is God's body, well, Jesus' body, broken for you. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to read a passage. I'll give you guys time to meditate, and then you can take communion at your own when you feel ready to. 1 Corinthians, starting at 23, reads, For I received from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take, eat this. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup, or this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup in the Lord in a word in unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let everyone examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks I got that twice on there. All right. For whoever eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you that we can, that you died on the cross for us, Um, that you endured pain to cover our sin. I just pray that you bless this time as we remember what you did and proclaim that one day you will come back and raise up your church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Good morning, it's time for announcements. Um, there are the collection bins out in the lobby for the pill bottles and those get shipped off to Matthew 25 Ministries for different uses around um, locally and around the world. Um, there's also a bin for the used ink cartridges which help to reduce the cost of office supplies here at the church. There's also today next to those bins a really pretty flowery box that is um, for the gift cards or cards if anyone brought anything um, to send to the Trent family that's out there on that same table. <clears throat> Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, refit, dance fitness class. Whoop, whoop. Um, that's 6.30 to 7.30 right here in the sanctuary. We have a really good time. It's a lot of fun, and you should come. Um, the first Wednesday of the month is men's night. They'll be meeting here at the church around 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. It's a very flexible with the time. You can come and go as you're able, and they'll have a grill out um, and just a lot of time of fellowship. And then on the third Wednesday of the month is a church-wide food and fellowship. I believe that the theme this month was meat and cheese. So it leaves it open to the imagination. You guys can choose any kind of meat or any kind of cheese, turn it into something amazing. And that will be the third Wednesday of the month, 6 to 8. Um, Thursdays at 10 a.m. is the Empty Nesters and... So no empty nesters this week, but then it'll pick back up. Keep reading your book, Women of the Bible. Find out all the things you need to learn to catch up with that. Um, Thursdays from 5 to 7 is the food pantry and clothes closet. And so come and serve, help out, um, be part of that ministry. Um, and then also at that same time or around that same time, the garden um, we'll, there'll be people here to go through and, oh, I skipped over, sorry. Um, people here to harvest things from the garden and to just be out there fellowshipping together. Um, are there any other times for the garden this week that we need to know? Just watch the Facebook page. There's a lot of announcements that go out and questions about maybe what day is available to come out and work, depending on the weather and people's schedules, um, to meet up and just do some of the work that needs done in the garden. So let's backtrack to... Um, since it is a benefit for the food pantry, um, there will be a brother love show. I don't know much about it, but it's going to be awesome, I hear. Um, and so that's going to benefit the food pantry because we're asking for donations of non-perishable food items to be brought. And the date has changed um, to Sunday, October 1st at 7 p.m. Um, the first Sunday of the month, which is next Sunday, 9.30 a.m., we will have breakfast fellowship downstairs before service. And Friday, September 8th, the homecoming parade for Goshen is happening. Um, we need volunteers. There's a sign-up sheet out there for um, you to pick and choose maybe a way that you can help. We need people who are willing to be there the day of the event um, probably around 4.30 to meet up because the parade starts at 5.30. And people who just want to ride along on the trailer and throw candy at people on the sides of the street. We need people to donate that candy, so like the really big bags of candy. And then we need people who are creative and who are willing to bring things like posters, balloons, ribbons, things to come early and decorate the float. So those are some areas we need a lot of help with. Um, because I'm not good at decorating. Somebody better do that. Um, the weekly budget and all of our ministries, we have a lot of great local and um, 
really cool things that we do with the money that comes through here. So please um, give, and there are two ways to give. We got the offering box in the back, and there's also online um, a way that you can give on goshenheartlandchurch.org/give. All right, there's another announcement. So during your 10-minute meet and greet, fellowship with each other, and also go back and sign the poster. And children can go downstairs. Anything else? Anything else? All right, we got it. Let's go. 10-minute meet and greet. All right, I guess I'll stop playing around. I've got to give a message today. Um, how's everyone doing now that Travis got me all off my game? Never seen somebody heckle a pastor before in the front of the church. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and we got plenty of those. Those are big tomatoes. Please don't. They, I don't know. Them things don't look natural. But anyway, you know, if you're having a bad day, there's always one thing that remains the same. God is good all the time. He never changes. He is unlike the things we're accustomed to. You always know your car is going to break down. Uh, we were talking earlier uh, before I came up here, and we were talking about how WGRR, the oldies, now 1990s music, is considered the oldies, which I need to stop calling that station and complaining. They're just getting tired of it. Um, generation after generation, people come and go, but God always remains the same. Now, over time, less people remember him, and sometimes even we forget how magnificent God is and that God is supposed to be praised and is worthy of praise. Before I get too far, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for sending your son for us. I just pray um, that you put a heart of worship in our hearts, that you inspire us to meditate on how amazing and powerful and wonderful you are. I pray that you help me only convey the message that you want me to convey today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So let's start with our main verse, which is found in Psalms 150, 1 through 6. And when you find it, please stand for the reading of God's word. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty, his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and the pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. So is everyone breathing today? Good, good. So if you are breathing, you are called to praise God. In Psalms 150, there are a lot of different instruments and singing and dancing. And I love the excitement and energy brought on the subject of praising the Lord. I want to thoroughly discuss worship 
So I am going to go through some of the examples of the Bible on different ways we worship. How to worship God, number one, sacrifice. So I want to rewind a little bit and look at the Bible first, where it first mentions worship. This is found in Genesis 22, 4 through 5. On the third day, Abraham looked up, and he saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey a while. I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. If you're familiar with this chapter, you know this is the chapter or the story on how God tested Abraham. He told him to sacrifice his son Isaac, but then he provided a ram instead. I'm not going to go too deep in this story. I just wanted to recognize how Abraham worshipped early on. So how did Abraham worship God? Well, with sacrifices. This was before the law of Moses, although the worship was similar. Moses also described sacrifices as worship. When Moses told the Pharaoh to release God's people from slavery, the Pharaoh said, leave your livestock. And Moses told the Pharaoh he couldn't because some of them had to be used for worship. In the early days, they used animals for sacrifice. But when Jesus came, he did away with animal sacrifice. In the New Testament, we are still instructed to make sacrifices as worship. What do we sacrifice now as worship? We, sa- we sacrifice our money and things as an offering instead of animals. And we can find this in Matthew 25, 37 through 40. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothed and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? The king will reply, I truly tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. When we give, we are able to help people who need it. And Jesus tells us when we give to the needy, we are giving to Jesus. So does Jesus need anything? Does he need clothes? Does he need someone to visit him? No, Jesus doesn't need those things. But when we give, we do it to bring attention to Jesus' name. And also because we love people. When we give in Jesus' name, it is worship. It is an act of worship when we say, Jesus, if this is what you desire, I want to do this for you. I will gladly give time, money, resources in your name. I want you to think about what you give. For example, if you are giving to a food pantry and you give expired vegetables, According to Matthew 25, you are giving Jesus expired vegetables. Remember, under the old covenant, God wanted those animal sacrifices to be without blemish. How about offering at church? Do we give the church less than we pay Cincinnati Bell 
or spectrum. When we give, we should give God our best. When we give our time to God, we should be giving Him the best because He is worthy. That's why in my life, I spend my alone time with God in the morning. I do spend time with Him throughout the day and night, but I have time set up in the morning because that's when I am able to really meditate and pray the most effectively. I do pray at night, but sometimes my time is not quality and I fall asleep while I'm praying. Because I am tired after work, and that's okay because I spent time with him in the morning. I've already spent quality time with God. Some of you guys aren't morning people, don't point at each other. But you might want to wake up a little bit before you spend the bulk of your time with God. Jesus also instructs us to visit people in their time of need. So we sacrifice our time to be available for those who are lonely or need us. As it said in Matthew 25, we don't forget the prisoners. Paul also tells us our bodies are living sacrifices. And this is found in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his pleasing or his good and pleasing perfect will. We are the offering when we reject being like the world. We are the sacrifice or we sacrifice worldly things like chasing sinful things. Renew our, we renew our minds by learning and meditating on God's word. We sacrifice time and pleasure by putting time aside to be different people. People that have different minds than the rest of the world. In other words, we become transformed to be weird. And as we are being transformed, our bodies become instruments for righteousness. When God sees this worship, it is holy and pleasing to him. Jesus is our shepherd and example. He taught us if persecution comes because of him, we are to lay our lives down to him, even to the point of death. This happened very early on when the church started, and in some parts of the world, this is still going on today. John wrote a letter to one of the first churches about this in Revelation 2, 10 and 11. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison and test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. The sacrifice of our lives on this earth leads to the crown of eternal life and protects us from the death after we die. As of right now, in this country, deadly persecution is pretty rare. 
But we should always prepare because you never know if you will ever have to make that decision. Number two, how to worship. We can worship with our words. Our main verse, David worshiped with music. At least I think he wrote that psalm. This is probably the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about worship. And rightly so, because it's easy to use our words to worship. You can worship in the car or while you exercise. You can worship at work, even in prison like Paul and Silas, but hopefully it's just because of prison ministry. We find this in Acts 16, through 25. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and against the magistrates and ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And a jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet with stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. I want us to stop and really think about this. They're in prison, and I don't see any reason for them to believe that they're getting out anytime soon. Because remember, Jesus warned his people that they were going to be thrown in prison. So they should have expected this. But that doesn't still, that doesn't make it easier knowing ahead of time. And they were stripped and attacked. They were all beaten up and thrown in prison. And think about how you would react. I kind of wonder what it would have been like if I would have been like, why God? Or God, get me out of here. But not Paul and Silas. They worshiped God in tough circumstances. Have you ever been in a tough situation and you just worship God and forget about all your problems? I know many times when Eli was going through his cancer treatment, it was soothing to worship God. I didn't go into worship and think, man, I'm getting some kind of soothing worship massage. But I'm not sure what made me think even to worship. I think maybe it was some of these passages like Paul and Silas that gave me that attitude of worship. If we go into worship with a selfish attitude, then it's not worship at all. It's when we go in and worship because of who God is and what he has done. Often there is a weight lifted knowing that God is still on his throne and that he is worthy to be worshipped. We also worship with our words when we pray. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he started with worship. When he said, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Another great example of this worship with words is when the apostles were beaten and disgraced. And you can find that in Acts 5, 40 and 41. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Can you imagine 
thanking God after being beaten. I know a lot of times something goes the way I want it, and I'm, then I immediately rejoice. Like maybe a deer runs in front of me, and I just miss them, and I'm like, man, thank you, Jesus. Or someone tells me a story about somebody being a prayer answered or a prayer being answered for myself, and just immediately rejoicing and saying, thank you, Jesus. But I want to be like the apostles and rejoice in tough times too. I want to rejoice when people think I'm weird and talk behind my back because I believe in Jesus. I want to thank Jesus when I'm excluded from thanks for being a Christian. I want to worship. I want the worship to be such a big part of my identity that if I was beaten, the attitude of worship would just come from my heart. We also worship our words when we proclaim to others how good God is. And this is found in 1 Chronicles 16, 28 through 30. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due in his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. We can worship by bringing recognition for what God does and who he is. Not just in church, but wherever you go. There was one time a prophet told me that I was going to be blessed financially. I'm not talking about one of those TV evangelists that you see all the time, like an actual person who I know has prophetic uh, gifts. And then after she told me this, I think it was like on a Sunday, and that Thursday, my boss called me and gave me a raise. And then one of my coworkers who had deep connections with my boss said to me, I bet you were surprised when you got that promotion. And there's a lot of reasons why it was surprising that I got the promotion. But I told him I was somewhat surprised, but I would have been a whole lot more surprised if God didn't already tell me. And as you could imagine, my coworker was very surprised to hear that. Wherever you are, we need to give God credit for what he does. When it comes to creation, we don't give credit to anyone except God. If you have the ability to say no to sin, and you have to understand that God gave you that ability. If you excel in giving, you've got to give God credit for that gift. That was an area that I was really weak in. And uh, when Sarah and I first got married, she would just always give things away that we didn't use. I would be so confused, and I would tell her, hey, we could sell that. And this was a time where we didn't have a whole lot of money either. But eventually, God used her to influence me to be a giver. And when God changed my life, my friends couldn't believe it. But God gets the credit for that. My strength is in Christ Jesus, and so is yours when you carry out that Christian lifestyle. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. 
And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet, not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Paul works harder than them, as he says. Yet, it isn't a work because it was the grace that caused him to put all that work in. So, even when it seems like we are doing all this work, whether we work in a church or have some other kind of ministry, if God's causing you to do it, He should get the credit. He puts those holy desires in us. He is the cause behind the abilities to carry out His perfect purposes. When we worship, we need to make sure we worship also in the Spirit and the truth, as it says in John 4, 23 and 24. Yet, as Time is coming as now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must be worshipped, must worship in spirit and in truth. We should be slow to speak as James says, and this is also true with worship. We shouldn't just put any song on that we hear just because it's on the radio station that claims to be Christian, we should take time, learn, and test the lyrics. That way, if it is true, we wor- our worship will come from our hearts, and we won't just sing with vain repetitions. When we worship in the Spirit, we worship in the realm of the Spirit, and we do this by keeping in step with the Spirit. No longer do you worship in a temple like the Israelites. And you also don't only worship in a church building. You can worship in the spirit in any location, just like Paul and Silas did in jail. When we worship in truth, we don't worship idols. God is jealous, and God doesn't share worship with idols. For the most of us, we're not going to be tempted to worship an image um, that isn't God like some of the stuff you would see in the Old Testament. But I think any of us could be tempted by the idol of greed, as Paul talks about in Colossians 3, 5, and 6. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to you, your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So why are evil desires and greeds consider, or greed considered idols? Well, let's look at another passage to give us a little bit more context. This is found in Matthew 6, 24. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So when can money become an idol? When we serve it like we are supposed to serve God. We are supposed to be moved by the grace of God and not by the grace of money. An idol can be any evil desire that takes our worship away from God. We should be real careful about that. Our bodies are supposed to be the temple of God. And we can't let idols in the temple of God. 
As we talked about earlier, money is an evil on its own. When we give it in the name of Jesus as a sacrifice, then it's worship. So with all the ways we can worship, let's commit to worshiping every day. That's, what's in he- or that's what heaven's supposed to be like. Someone or someone, something, you know, with all those creatures in Revelation, something or someone worshiping God all the time. Let's remember how big God is in our Lord the King. That God has the world in His hands. And He made His Son the King of Kings. That their glory and majesty is so great, we can't even handle it. In Revelation, John sees Jesus in His glory. And it is so strong that He drops down as if He was dead. And Jesus has to revive him. Also, in the Bible, it teaches us that no one can even look at the Father and live. What a blessing as a mere human to be able to worship that God. Here's the kicker. Is this amazing and all-powerful God and his son loved their children? We worship a big God. So, as we conclude the service, um, we're going to go ahead and I'm going to pray. I'm going to speak the Lord's blessing over, your guy, over you guys. And then we're going to have a time um, where you can come up as they're playing the last song where you can get prayer.